Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Liberty Update with Jake and Bree. We have quite the assortment of news headlines on the blog this week, so make sure, as always, to be following Convention of States on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to keep up with the latest. On today's show, we'll be discussing Senator Rand Paul's push to return war power to the American people. We'll also discuss how DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, slammed several George Soros-backed prosecutors, Stacey Abrams' new job, and how Newsmax has been reinstated to DirecTV. All of that today on the Liberty Update. Well, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is working to return war powers to elected representatives and to the American people taking away that power from the executive branch, where it was never intended to be. Just this week, Senator Rand Paul, who, by the way, is a Convention of States endorser, introduced an amendment to repeal the 2001 Authorization for Use of Military Force, which allowed the U.S. to go into Afghanistan after 9-11. However, the authorization remains open to this day. In addition to a 1991 and a 2002 authorization used to initiate the Gulf War and invade Iraq. So despite the completion of these missions, all three authorizations remain open over 20 years later. Constitutionally, only Congress has the power to declare war. Yet presidents in both parties have leveraged these clearances as a means for waging war in other areas of the world. That is not the intended authority of the executive branch, and Rand Paul believes it needs to end. In a press release, he said, War is sometimes necessary, but going to war should not be the decision of one person. Ending congressional authorization for the Gulf War, Iraq War, and Afghanistan War returns the war power to the American people and their representatives. Legislation to repeal the 1991 and 2002 authorizations recently passed a Senate committee with bipartisan support, but as for the Afghanistan authorization, this bears a different opinion among legislators. But in all three cases, it's about returning power to where it belongs constitutionally when it comes to declaring wars. But the question is, will Washington willingly do so? We know when it comes to term limits and other boundaries on federal power, it's essentially impossible for the government to restrict itself. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis minced no words, describing the soft on crime George Soros-backed prosecutor who reportedly may arrest former President Donald Trump over what DeSantis called a manufactured circus. Late last week, Mr. Trump announced he believed he would be locked up on Tuesday in connection with an ongoing investigation into his hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. The district attorney behind the investigation, Alvin Bragg, has been criticized for politicizing the case, which many see as an extension of the multi-year witch hunt against the former president and 2024 presidential candidate. On Monday, Governor DeSantis joined the public disapproval, bashing Bragg, who, according to the Washington Post, received money from George Soros during his 2021 campaign for his politically motivated prosecution. Here's what the governor had to say. I've not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this, the the Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so 
he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponized their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about po porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do a high-profile politicized prosecution, uh, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people. It hurts a lot of people every single day. The Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office during my tenure. So as the nation holds its breath waiting to see how the Trump-Daniels case will unfold, one thing is clear. The level of partisanship in our government systems of justice today is simply unsustainable. The American people's collective frustration is understandably high. They fear we now live in a nation that persecutes political opponents. Thankfully, we know the peaceful solution to getting our government back on track. With an Article 5 convention, we can restore proper balance to the American system of governance and diffuse the bitter tensions. And while some of us are trying to limit the government and put it back in its place, there are others, such as Stacey Abrams, for example, who seem interested only in expanding the scope of government even more. Well, after failing to win two governor races in Georgia, Stacey Abrams is pivoting her political career to the anti-gas stove agenda. You may have seen it on our social media this week, but it's worth highlighting again because it just shows what career politicians are willing to do to stay in politics and stay in power. She has been hired as a senior advisor at a green energy company called Rewiring America. It's a left-wing advocacy group set on altering our power system to run exclusively on electric energy. While we're not sure what her qualifications for this position are, a quick glance at the company's website reveals the close-knit relationship between its work and bolstering federal government power, which may be her qualification. Listed on the website are nine actions that the federal government should take to accelerate electrification. And these action items range from funding only all electric new construction and disaster relief to electrifying all federally funded schools and businesses. 
Essentially, the company wants to force all public schools and any individuals taking any funds from the government into the electrification agenda. The most pro-government and anti-freedom action item of all is to implement aggressive standards for appliances, buildings, and vehicles. More regulation and less self-governance. This is about money and control instead of individual liberty. And speaking of money, Biden, by the way, is pushing for the largest federal pay raise since Carter. Biden's proposed 2024 budget pleads for a 5.2% pay raise, which would cost an estimated $10 billion at the taxpayer's expense. As the government becomes less representative of the people, its unproductive employees would like a larger cut of the pie. Let's also remember that the average federal bureaucrat already brings home a six-figure salary in addition to nearly nine weeks of paid time off. You can see more details on that story on the Convention of States blog. And for our last story today, we have an exciting update to share that Newsmax has been reinstated to DirecTV after being dropped from live TV earlier this year. Newsmax CEO Christopher Ruddy announced in January that his company had been removed from DirecTV's lineup following failed negotiations between the two companies. The alleged censoring of the channel was met with widespread backlash from major figures including former President Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis. DirecTV initially argued the channel was unprofitable, the claim Newsmax disputed, but as of this week the two companies have reportedly worked out a deal to make Newsmax available to DirecTV's massive audience once again. Newsmax recognizes and appreciates that DirecTV clearly supports diverse voices, including conservative ones, said CEO Ruddy. As a standalone company, DirecTV helped give Newsmax its start nearly a decade ago as it continues to do with upcoming news networks, which is why we are pleased to reach a mutually beneficial agreement that will deliver our network to DirecTV customers over the next several years. While we may never know exactly what took place between the two companies, we are excited to see DirecTV respond to the American people's outcry and reinstate Newsmax. It is critical that we continue to have access as free, self-governing citizens to a wide array of perspectives. That's why we provide the news to you right here on the Liberty Update and also why you should go to conventionofstates.com and follow the blog there to stay up to date on all that's happening in the country from an Article 5 convention perspective. Thank you guys for joining us. Remember to follow us on social media and we'll see you next week with a brand new episode on the Liberty Update.